Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Shalom, shalom, everyone. This is Minister Nick Gentile. And this is, well, first and foremost, it's my pleasure to be with you tonight. I am very thankful, very grateful by the grace of God that I'm here again, alive to produce the ninth episode of, or a ninth podcast episode of Lord in Christ Ministries. Um, no, <laughs> let me start over. Okay, it's it's good to be with you tonight. Um with another installment, uh, the ninth installment of Lord in Christ Radio. This is the ninth episode. I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for another opportunity to bring forth um, whatever he lays on my heart to bring forth for his glory. And it's just a privilege, blessing, and an honor to be here with you tonight. And I am podcasting from Rochester, New York, the beautiful city of Rochester, New York. Today's date is October 7th, 2017, Saturday, October 7th. 2017. And like I said, this is my ninth installment of Lord and Christ Radio, which is a podcast I started as an extension of Lord and Christ Ministries, which is a ministry that I established by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in 2016. And, you know, I, like I said, my name is uh, Minister Nick Gentile. Um, I'm a pastor or minister located in upstate New York. By the Lord's grace, last year, the Lord laid it on my heart to establish a ministry called Lord in Christ Ministries, as I said before. And the name of the ministry comes from Acts 2.38, which says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And by the Lord's grace, our mission at Lord in Christ Ministries is to fulfill the Great Commission, as Christ commanded in Mark 16.15, um, to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And the gospel that we proclaim is the one laid down by the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 24. And I'll read scriptures preceding uh, Jesus' proclamation of the gospel. But then he said to them, these are the words, this is Jesus speaking. Uh, he was speaking to two of his disciples, the, the two that he met on the road to Emmaus. Um, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Now that's verse 44. So starting in verse 44, so this is Luke 24, 44, uh, uh, verse 45. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Verse 46. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance, verse 47, and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And so you see that the gospel there is the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we're to go out and preach repentance or to have a change of mind about who he is and what he did for us 
which leads to a change of action. And those who repent have a change of mind about who Jesus is and what he did for us will then um, have experienced the remission of their sins because they'll trust in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's what true repentance is, trusting in who Jesus is and what he did, which then, that's justification, which then leads to sanctification, which is where then you put off sins, you be conformed to the image of Christ, you walk in a practically holy walk, or you walk in a practical holy way. Um, and so that is, that is what uh, repentance looks like. It starts with a change of mind and leads to a change of actions. And, but ultimately, that is the gospel message as the Lord proclaimed in Luke 24. And as we see in <clears throat> excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, but I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. See, everything is in accordance with the scriptures. And that he was seen, verse 5, by Cephas, then by the twelve. Verse 6, after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. Verse 7, after that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. So praise the Lord for that. <clears throat> now this also includes preaching about the eternal sonship of Christ, that Christ eternally preexisted as the Son of Almighty God, as well as God's eternal wrath manifesting in the form of hell and eternal conscious torment in the lake of fire, which is what people who are apart from Christ, who don't trust in his death, burial, and resurrection, who don't trust in him as man's only Savior and Lord, um, that's where they will be cast. This is apart from Christ's atoning sacrifice. So if you don't trust in Jesus' atoning sacrifice, um, if you don't trust in his penal substitutionary atonement, you will be cast into the lake of fire because that's the only provision that the Lord God has made for the remission of our sins, as I read in Luke 24. And obeying the directives laid out by the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 29, 19, and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. And our ministry, Lord and Christ Ministry, does this primarily uh, by doing open-air compassion evangelism. So we go out and we do open-air preaching, share the gospel with people, and we also seek to meet people's practical needs, so food, clothing, shelter, things of that nature. <clears throat> and the ultimate goal of everything we do through Lord and Christ Ministries is to bring the maximum amount of glory to our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, our triune God. On June of this year, as I said before, I may not have specified the month, but um, here we go. The Lord convicted me to start a podcast as an extension of the ministry called Lord and Christ Radio. So that's what I was talking about. I, I mentioned that before, that uh, this radio or uh, this radio show or this podcast or this broadcast 
is an extension of Lord and Christ Ministries. Uh, the main focus of the show is to also fulfill the Great Commission to the best of my ability in this capacity by preaching the gospel message with the hopes of reaching the lost and helping to edify or build up, convict, bless, and exhort the body of Christ to action, okay, to get out there and share the gospel with people and to win souls to Christ, to be soul winners, while equipping the brethren in any way that I can by the Lord's grace to not only be the best soul winners, evangelists and apologists, basically, because soul winners aren't just those who preach the gospel but defend the faith in, in, in an attempt or in the hopes of the Lord using that defense of the faith to win souls into the kingdom, to save souls, to draw that the Father would draw people to the Son through um, the defense of the faith, the preaching of the gospel and, and the defense of the faith, um, and contending with arguments against the faith. That, that would be one way you defend the faith. Um, and that we see that in 1 Peter 3.15 and Jude 3, the third verse. Um, so to not only help them become the best evangelists and apologists or soul winners they can become, um, but to provide them with the best tools possible in this context that will help them to disciple others and to help make them become the, the best soul winners they can become. So pass along what they learn here from this podcast to other people. Um, because we're called, again, like I said before, reading uh, Matthew chapter 28, that we're called to make disciples, not converts. So, you know, once we share the gospel with people, if the Lord draws people, the Father draws them to his Son, and they get saved, they get born again, it's our job to disciple them, to help them in their walk with Christ, to help them become the best Christians they can become, um, help conform them to the image of Christ. I mean, obviously, that's the work that the Father does, but we are used by him to help in that process. And one of my main focuses with this podcast is on interviewing people in order to get their salvation stories or testimonies out to the masses as an encouragement to and for the edification of Christians and as a witness to the lost. And as we see in Revelation chapter 12, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So that's very, very important. Um, now, may our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit receive the maximum amount of glory from this podcast. Okay, so tonight's show is a continuation of the previous two podcast episodes that I recorded by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is me reading from the book Secret to an Open Door, Igniting a Passion for the Lost by David A. Morell. I'm going to pick up where I left off. I left off at the end of Chapter 5, page 56. I'm picking up um, on page 57, which is the beginning of Chapter 6. And I am going to read until page 75, I believe. Let me just double check. Okay. Yep, until page 75. And then in the next show, which is at the end of chapter 6. And then in the next show, I'll pick up on page uh, 77, because there's a, page 76 is blank, and then you know the, the next page that I'm going to start reading from is going to be page 77, you know, um, following uh, this podcast episode. So the next episode is going to pick up on page 77, which is the beginning of chapter 7, and then I'm going to read to the end of the book, and that's going to be uh, page 97. So you got approximately 20 pages today uh, or for this episode that I'm going to be reading. And then in the next episode, I'm going to finish the book, go and read the last 20 pages from 77 to 97. So I'm excited, um, and I will pre be turning this video 
or I'm sorry, I'll be turning this podcast episode into a video, and I'll be uploading it to YouTube. I have a, uh, actually both uh, a YouTube channel for Lord and Christ Radio and also a Facebook page in the name Lord Christ, Lord and Christ Radio. So you, if you search on Facebook and if you search on YouTube or you search on YouTube and you search on Facebook, you'll find both. Just type in Lord and Christ Radio and you'll find both. And you'll see all the podcast episodes that by the grace of God, by the grace of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, I've been blessed to record. And so you can tune into those. This is episode nine. And um, I started in episode seven reading this book. It's going to go until episode 10. I was hoping to get this done. I was hoping to read this book over the course of three episodes, but I decided to break it up into four. I think that's better for the listening audience. I think you'll. <clears throat> it's just easier because you know people nowadays have short attention spans. They don't want to really li- listen to someone read and drone on and on and on and on. Um, you know, so I want to I want to make this as easy as possible on you, as enjoyable as possible, and as powerful a show as possible. So I'm going to read, like I said, approximately 20 pages today, and then um, 20 pages excuse me, um, in my next episode, which Lord willing, I will be able to record on Sunday. And, and right now it's 10.14 p.m. So uh, I, was th- I was talking about, talking to myself about or thinking about uh, producing two podcast episodes today just to finish this series or finish reading this book, but I'm going to split it up until Sunday or I'm going to split it up um, to Sunday and uh, go from there. And Lord willing, I'll, you know, the Lord will give me the grace to produce another episode and we'll, you know, be able to get through this episode and, um, you know, offer his glory. That's why I'm doing this. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to get better every day um, or every time I produce an episode to become more polished because this is something I'm, I'm not new at, but I don't have a tremendous amount of experience at. So, you know, by the grace of God, I'm growing, I'm improving, I'm getting better. And I plan on having great guests on the show. I've interviewed a couple of people. Um, and I will say this. If, you know, you tune in, if you go to the podcast YouTube channel, Lord in Christ Radio, or the Facebook page, Lord in Christ Radio, um, the podcast you're definitely going to want to listen to is number four. That was an interview I did with uh, Evangelist Randy, the dear brother in the Lord, and he, the Lord Jesus Christ, he has a powerful testimony. The Lord Jesus Christ delivered him of a, he was just lost. This guy was in darkness, uh, in, in such such thick darkness, in such a mighty way, in such a horrible way. You know, he was in the pit, and the Lord rescued him out of the pit, plucked him as a brand from the fire. I mean, he had a severe crack addiction. He was an alcoholic, and he was a porn addict. And in one night, the Lord delivered him. The Lord Jesus Christ delivered him of all of that. So if you, if you go to the podcast page um, on YouTube, the podcast channel, uh, which is Lord and Christ Radio, or you go to the Facebook page, which again is Lord and Christ Radio, you want to check out all of the podcasts because I believe they're all Christ-glorifying and edifying and you'll get something out of them. But if you want to listen to a really powerful testimony, check out episode number four, and you'll see that. It's just very, very powerful, and it's all the Lord, and I just praise Jesus Christ for what he's done in Randy's life. And Randy is the 
one that the Lord raised up to steward a ministry called Camry. Christ's arms may reach you. That's what it, that's what Camry stands for. That's what Camry is an acronym for. Christ's arms may reach you. And they have a, uh, he and Evangelist Nana, who's a woman I actually just interviewed and got her testimony on Wednesday. And I put that up on Lord and Christ Ministries, on, on the uh, YouTube channel for Lord and Christ Ministries. Um, but uh, they're, they're both a part of Camry. And, you know, I support them in any way that I can financially with Bibles or whatever I can give them for the glory of Jesus Christ. But um, you can check out their Facebook page, the Facebook page for Camry. Um, by typing in c.a.m.r.y, which is the acronym, or just um, Christ's arms may reach you into the search engine or search um, box on Facebook, and you'll, it'll pop up the ministry's Facebook page, and then you can check out uh, what they've done by the grace of God, what they're all about, uh, what the ministry is all about, and um, and I praise God for for that ministry, what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing in them, through them, and by them for his glory, how many people he's touched. They've prayed for over a 1,000 people. They've handed out Bibles. They've handed out New Testaments. They've handed out tracts. They've, I mean, ministered to a lot of people. We've been able to help people find housing by the grace of God. Um, you know, That's kind of the uh, capacity that I operate out of or that I help them with is discipling people who they send my way and sending people my way to help them with housing. So I'm blessed to be involved in that capacity. In addition to getting them Bibles, New Testaments, you know, sowing financially into their ministry or doing anything else I can. But check that out. And <clears throat> anyways, so I'm going to pray and, you know, and then we'll then I, without any further ado after that, I will get into the book, Seeker to an Open Door, Igniting a Passion for the Lost, by David A. Morrell. So what I will say real quick is check out the first two episodes I did where I read this book. That's episode seven and eight. And I'm telling you, this book is very powerful. I got this book in the mail when I joined the Gideons, the Friends of Gideon, the Gideon Society, or Gideons International. And along with two New Testament slash Psalms and Proverbs books, I received this book. I read it. It's powerful. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, it is the book that you you need to read. And what I'm going to do in the description section of this uh, podcast episode, when I turn it into a video, I'm going to provide a link to the ebook version of Secret to an Open Door. And I did that in the previous two episodes, episodes seven and eight. So you'll want to check check out those episodes. You can listen to me read the book, but I would also encourage you to read the book for yourself. And so if you go to those episodes, if you go to Lord in Christ Radio, um, you will see both episodes, the last two episodes I produced by the grace of God. And in the description section of both of those videos, those episodes that I turned into videos, you will see a link to the ebook version of Secret to an Open Door. Click on it and read it. I'm telling you, it'll change the way you do evangelism. It should. So uh, I just encourage you to do that for the glory of Jesus Christ so you can be the best soul winner you can be. And like I said, that is, to me, that's the main reason why I created this podcast. Okay? And 
you know, obviously I want to get testimonies, and that is one of the main reasons why I get collecting people's testimonies for the glory of Jesus Christ and the edification or building up of the body of Christ and to reach the lost um, with what Jesus has done in people's lives for his glory. But it is to make soul winners. It is to empower people to uh, sell out for the Lord Jesus Christ, to give their all for him, and to live for him, him totally, him uh, completely, um, with all your heart and soul. And uh, we all need to live that way because Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, and his blood washed us white as snow. So we owe him everything. And we are called to be soul winners. We are called to be evangelists and apologists. Even if, even if you don't operate out of the office of an evangelist, as we read in Ephesians chapter 4, we're all called to evangelize. We're all called to share the gospel. We're all called to baptize people, to make disciples, okay? To teach what Jesus has commanded us to obey. We're, we're commanded to teach other people to obey. Um, that is the Great Commission as we read in Matthew chapter 28. So without further ado, I'm going to pray and then get into the book. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for uh, this day, Lord. This is the day you've made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And <clears throat> I just thank you for another opportunity, Lord. Um, to uplift the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, who is our Savior, our God, our mediator, who is the great high priest, who forever lives to make intercession for us, who is seated at your right hand with all power in heaven and on earth, all authority in heaven and on earth, and is the Son of God. He is the second person of the Trinity. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning and the end. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is the good shepherd. He is the sheep gate or the door. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the true vine. And he is the faithful and true witness or the true and faithful witness. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I pray that those people who tune into this that don't know Christ will come to know him as their Lord and Savior, Father, that you will draw them to him um, and that they will be born again. They will be saved. They'll have eternal life in Christ Jesus and trusting in him and him alone for their salvation. And pray for those people who do know Christ as the Lord and Savior that tune into this podcast, Lord, that they be built up in their faith, that they will be challenged, that they'll be exhorted to action, that they'll be, again, built up, edified. They'll be blessed and convicted and a little bit more conformed to your image and that I will be able to, by your grace, impart tools and information, resources, and whatnot, anything that I can, to help them become soul winners, the best soul winners, evangelists and apologists that they can become by your grace for your glory, Heavenly Father, and the glory of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. The Lord, Holy Spirit, touch them in a mighty way. Touch everyone who hears this podcast, Lord. Let them hear you. Let them hear Jesus. Let them hear Jesus, not me. Um, may the words that I proclaim come right from your throne, Heavenly Father, from, right from your spirit, right from the spirit of Christ. May these words penetrate the hearts and minds and the souls of those who tune in to this podcast. And may you get all the glory from this, Lord. And may I read this book clearly with no hiccups, with no issues, with no stumbling or stuttering or stammering. And I just pray that people will get as much as possible, Lord, out of this book, out of me reading this book as possible. So I just thank you for this time, Lord. May you get all the glory for this, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, and that Jesus will get all the glory and the Holy Spirit will get all the glory in Jesus' name. And for his glory, I pray. Amen. Okay, so now, 
Secret to an Open Door, Igniting a Passion for the Lost by David A. Morell. And this is a special edition that I'm reading. And it was published for the Gideons International. So I'm picking up where I left off in Chapter 6, page 57. Here we go. Personal Witnessing, the Process. If you decided to cut to the chase and started reading in this chapter, there is a good chance you will be disappointed. Perhaps you're looking for just the right technique that will make you a better soul winner. The most effective techniques I have to offer are clearly laid out in the first five chapters of this book. They include prayer, scripture study, and memorization, and stepping out in faith. Finally, having done all of this, keep in mind that it is God who opens the door. Now, as men and women who witness, perhaps you are excited about leading people to Christ and are ready to get out of your comfort zone. You are ready to walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5.7 Like Isaiah, you have heard the voice of the Lord, saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And you have responded, Here am I, send me. Isaiah 6.8 So, what's next? Personal witnessing is generally a three-step process as follows. Number one, the open door. Number two, sharing the gospel. Number three, leading to a decision. The open door. Here we come to the reason the first five chapters of this book are so important. As we have seen, you and I cannot open the door to witnessing opportunities. Remember, in the first chapter, we saw that the gospel is the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. Colossians 1.26. The gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. 1 Corinthians 1.18. And it is veiled to those whose mind the God of this age has blinded. 2 Corinthians 4.3 and 4. In the second chapter, we saw that it is God who opens the door to soul winning. For Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. John 6.44. Finally, in the third chapter, we found that through prayer, God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. Colossians 4.3 Here is where most witnessing techniques fail. Techniques rely on man, the depth of his knowledge and the extent of his abilities, to open the door to witnessing opportunities. But as Jesus just told us, opening the door is God's job. Biblical evangelism relies on God and fully expects him to open to us a door for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ. Colossians 4.3 It is important that we pray daily for these open doors. In so doing, we will lay the groundwork for God's open the door for us to share the gospel of Christ. These opportunities will simply begin to present themselves at work, the grocery store, the gas station, on a plane, with neighbors, family, friends, acquaintances, etc. When the opportunity arises, we must recognize it. More importantly, we must be willing to get out of our comfort zone and walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5.7 In most of the testimonies found in this book, you will notice that I gave a Gideon PWT to the people with whom I was sharing. I carry New Testaments with me wherever I go, in my briefcase, in my car, or in my pocket. When an opportunity presents itself, I am quick to offer a copy of God's Word. I have found his word to be the most incredible tool in personal witnessing. When people begin to read it, it often captivates them. 
In chapter 4, we saw the power of God's word to reveal the mystery of the gospel. And, of course, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10.17 I suggest that you purchase Gideon Personal Workers' Testament by the case. Isn't a soul worth a dollar or two? You should carry them with you wherever you go and ask God to open doors to give them to someone in need. You will be absolutely amazed at the number of doors God will open when you pray for them and are prepared to give a free copy of his word. Most people will accept the PWT if you present it properly, and it is very helpful as you share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are as many ways to present a PWT to someone as there are individuals presenting them. In time, you will develop methods of presentation with which you are comfortable. You might say, I have a gift I would like to give you, or possibly, would you like a free copy of God's Word? Regardless of your method, be sure to show them the help section in the front of the PWT and point out specific scripture verses that are available to help them in time of need. When most unbelievers are confronted with the Bible, they immediately feel condemnation. They have avoided the Bible all of their life because the devil has told them it would only condemn them. They need to see that God's word was written to help them. The importance of this must never be underestimated as it will often cause them to want to read God's word. Usually, at this point, you have made a friend. It is not uncommon to receive a warm thank you from the recipient. Remember, you must continue to pray and ask God to give us the words to share. Salvation is of God. He must be involved. Pray that you may speak the mystery of Christ and that you may make it manifest as you ought to speak. Colossians 4, 3 and 4. The reason prayer is so important is the conversation can go in any one of a hundred different directions. God must guide our conversation, and he will. We must learn to trust him and expect him to lead the conversation. After all, he has called us to preach the gospel to every creature, Mark 16, 15, and promised us, I am with you always, Matthew 28, 20. Sharing the gospel. We must somehow make our way to God's plan of salvation and the back inside cover of the PWT. Again, there are many different things you could say to start the conversation. You might ask, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven if you died today? You could ask, have you ever considered becoming a Christian? Or, are you interested in spiritual things? Don't be trapped in a mold. What works one time may not work the next. You must pray and be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit so God can do for you what he did for Jeremiah. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah 1.9 Perhaps you could share something similar to the following which is quite effective at gaining the unbeliever's attention. When I was young, it seemed clear to me that Billy Graham was going to heaven when he died. It also seemed clear that Adolf Hitler was not. But, somewhere between the two, there was this dividing line. I always wondered where that dividing line was. How good is good enough to get to heaven? Have you ever wondered that? The Bible tells us exactly where that dividing line is. You likely have their attention and can now review the plan of salvation with them. Scripture tells us exactly where that dividing line is. There is none righteous, no, not one, Romans 3.10. It is very important for unbelievers to grasp this truth. <clears throat> as long 
as they believe that they can be good enough to get to heaven, they will not realize their need for a Savior. In most cases, the devil has reinforced this lie for many years. They must come face to face with the fact that they are sinners. Regardless of how good they are, they cannot get to heaven without receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. If time permits, when sharing the plan of salvation, do not be in a hurry. It is very important that you cover each step carefully. Read the scripture slowly, deliberately, and, most importantly, prayerfully. It is even better if you can encourage the unbeliever to read the scriptures out loud to you. And, of course, you are praying while they do. Each step of the way, ask them, what does that verse say to you? Or, what do you think God is trying to say? In this way, they begin to tell you how they can be saved, and, likely, the Holy Spirit will be helping them out at this point. If they don't give the right answer, don't correct them. Simply have them look up another verse that applies to that part of God's plan and ask them again, what does that verse say to you? Be sure to pray without ceasing, asking God to open to us a door for the word, Colossians 4.3, and to draw them to Jesus Christ, John 6.44. Remember, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 Also, God gives us this guarantee. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah 55.11 God's word shared prayerfully will have his desired impact upon the heart of the unbeliever. It will help to convict them of their sins and point them to their need of a Savior. The following verses are God's plan of salvation found in the last two pages of the Gideon PWT. Now listen to this carefully. Steps of God's plan of salvation. Number one, God loves you. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, or his unique son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Number two, all are sinners. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Number three, God's remedy for sin. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 1.12 But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. 1 Corinthians 15, 3, and 4. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Number 4. 
all may be saved now. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him or sup with him, and he with me. Romans 10.13 For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is very important to review this plan of salvation with the unbeliever. Techniques can be helpful, but none is as good or powerful as the Word of God itself. The Word of God, coupled with the Holy Spirit, saves the soul. For the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Psalm 19.7 Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God which lives and abides forever. 1 Peter 1.23 you will lead more people to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior by simply reading these verses than by your own knowledge, skills, or abilities. Don't make it difficult. This is God's work, so why not let him do it? Don't forget that Paul said, A door was opened to me by the Lord. 2 Corinthians 2.12 Leading to a decision. Next, it is very important that you lead the unbeliever ultimately to the point of decision. Knowledge is useless unless one actually receives Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. You must be born again. John 3, 7. There are many phrases that you could say at this point, such as, Does this make sense to you? Or, Would you like to receive God's free gift of eternal life? If their response is positive, or when you sense that they understand their need for a Savior, you should encourage them to pray the sinner's prayer in the back of the Gideon PWT. And this is what it says. Confessing to God that I am a sinner and believing that the Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross and was raised for my justification, I do now receive and confess him as my personal Savior. I simply ask them to read each word of this prayer and think about it very carefully. Then I say, if you desire to turn from your sins and follow Jesus Christ and you honestly mean every word, then by praying this prayer, God will save you. But listen, if you don't mean this from the depths of your heart, don't pray it because you won't be saved. God knows your heart. This will help to avoid false conversions. Here is the point where many saints get weak in the knees. For some reason, we are bold about Christ until it gets to the actual point of praying for salvation. This must not be so. Eternity hangs in the balance. We need to increase our prayer and encourage them to make that decision for Christ. Part of the problem at this point stems from an intense spiritual battle. The devil won't give up without a fight. Recognize who the true enemy is. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6.12 this battle takes place in the mind, and the devil will try to sidetrack you at this point. The unbeliever may come out with any number of standard objections that the devil uses over and over again. In the next chapter, we will look at some of these objections and offer sound biblical answers for them. Remember that we have the victory in Christ. Since this battle is fought in the mind, we have to take every thought captive through prayer to the obedience of Christ. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 Since this is a spiritual battle, it must be fought through prayer. Again, we must pray a prayer similar to the Colossians 4 prayer. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Then, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, who will put my words in your mouth, Jeremiah 1, 9, we must step out in faith, answer their questions or objections, and lead them back to a decision for Christ. Since this is a step of faith, an often uncomfortable one, we must pray for boldness, as Paul did. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Ephesians 6, 18-20 Final Considerations When leading an unbeliever to make a decision for Christ, it is important that they understand what they are praying and that they are serious about their prayer. For only then will they truly be saved. It is not a magical formula, but a repentant decision of the heart. Understand, of course, that we should never encourage a person to pray the sinner's prayer just for the sake of praying a prayer. This can cause more harm than good by creating a false sense of security. Usually it is obvious by the tone of their voice and their body language whether or not they are serious about receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. If you are not sure, then ask them if they have any questions. Once a person prays to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, have them sign their name and date it on the lines provided under the section entitled, My Decision to Receive Christ as My Savior, on the back page of the PWT. This is a good time to confirm the decision they just made as well as the eternal significance of that decision. It will always be a remembrance of the date they were born again. It is also good to share with them the assurance as a believer verses that are found at the bottom of the back page of the PWT. You can encourage them to read these verses regularly as this will solidify their decision for Christ. It will also help to quench the fiery darts of the devil who will most assuredly try to convince them that they are not really saved. These verses are listed below. Assurance as a believer. Romans 10.9 That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. John 5.24 Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. John 20.31 but these are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ, or that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Here is one final assurance as a believer verse that you can share with them. 1 John 5.13 These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, 
and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Finally, it is important to connect the new believer with a local Bible-believing church for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, Ephesians 4.12. This is a crucial time for them, and they will need the fellowship, Bible study, and prayer support that other Christian believers have to offer them. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 3.18 Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. So there you go, folks. That is the end of chapter 6 and the end of my reading for today from the book Secret to an Open Door, Igniting a Passion for the Lost by David A. Morell. And I would say that's exactly what I'm attempting to do, what I read on this last page, page 75, and that is to equip the saint, I'm sorry, to equip the saints of God for the work of the ministry, or for the work of ministry, Ephesians 4.12. That's what I'm attempting to do with this podcast. Um, and I'm going to include that in my mission statement, because that's exactly what I'm attempting to do. Um, equip you to share the gospel with people, to defend the faith, and to disciple other people, to impart to you what I can to help you in the process of discipling others, helping them become the best soul winners, um, evangelists and apologists that they can become, and uh, doing it all for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was one thing that I read, though, um, that I do disagree with, and I will say this, and I know a lot of people preach this way, but I don't say when I share the gospel with people that you have to turn from your sins. I point them to the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. And I tell them that once you trust in Christ, the Lord sends his spirit to dwell within you. You become uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And over time, the Lord empowers you to do what is pleasing to him. Um, by him sending his spirit and his spirit, the spirit of truth, who leads you into all truth, the spirit of Christ dwelling within you, that's how you're conformed to the image of Christ. Um, it's the Spirit of God that writes the law of God on your heart, the commandments of God on your heart. It's the Spirit of God that shows you what's wrong, what's right, where to go, where not to go. He instructs you in all things. And it's the Spirit of God that makes you holy. It's the Spirit of God that sets you apart. It's the Spirit of God that equips you for the work of the ministry. It's the Spirit of God that sanctifies you immediately, as the evidence of your salvation that you're sealed until the day of redemption with. And um, he, <clears throat> excuse me, he's the one that sanctifies you, as I said. He's the one that empowers you and, you know, um, educates you or makes, helps you to understand what the commands or commandments of Christ are, to be obedient to the Lord, what the Lord's will is, how to understand the word of God. So it's essentially you put your trust in Christ, the, the Lord then, so the Father draws you to the Son, so you're regenerated. The Father draws you to the Son. The Spirit of God is sent to you. The Spirit of God comes to dwell within you because you're now the, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God instructs you. He leads you. He guides you. He's the Spirit of Christ. This is how Christ leads you. This is how you hear Christ's voice. Christ's voice is the, is the Spirit of God. And it's the Spirit of God, like I said, that writes the law of God on your heart, that writes the commandments on your heart, that circumcises your heart, makes you a new creature in Christ, sanctifies you both immediately and over time. 
The process of sanctification is it's, it's just that. It's a process. It takes time. When you come to Christ, you don't turn from all your sins immediately. That would make you sinless. Okay? It's over time that you drop sins. It's over time that you become more holy. Now, initially, when you put your trust in Christ, okay, you are immediately made holy. Because his righteousness is imputed to you. As your sin, your iniquity, as your sins, iniquities, and transgressions were imputed to Christ on the cross, his righteousness was imputed to you. So you are positionally perfect, always. You are holy and that you have Christ's righteousness, okay, covering you, cloaking you, okay? And I mean you pass from death to life, you pass from darkness to light, all those beautiful scriptures, you're a new creature in Christ, as I said, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, all of that. Okay, but you still have to renew your mind. You still have to renew your soul. Okay, and that takes time. Those ungodly behaviors that we practiced when we were unsaved, it takes time to undo all that. It doesn't happen. And some of, I mean, if you're addicted to porn, you're addicted to drugs, you're addicted to alcohol, that can drop off ASAP. You know, you can be instantaneously delivered from those things. Many people have been, but they still have issues. They're not sinless. So I do believe. When you give your life to Christ, you have to agree to turn from all sin, right? That, that's something you're going to agree to do, but you're not going to actually do that immediately. It takes time to turn from the things that are displeasing from the Lord, to live a holy life, practically speaking, because we're holy in Christ. But then there's that practical holiness that we're talking about, and, that, talking about, and that's what the process of sanctification is all about. And over time, you're conformed to the image of Christ, and you're trusting in the Lord, you're trusting in the Lord, you're rejoicing no matter what happens. Your eyes are on Christ. You're taking your thoughts captive. You're fasting. You're praying. You're doing all these things. You become progressively more holy, more conformed to the image of Christ, which is what God predestinated us to be, conformed to his image. And, you know, it, it, again, it's a process. So trust in Christ and everything else. He will take care of the rest. He, it's Christ who empowers you to live a holy life. Okay? So you just trust in him. That's true repentance. Because repentance starts with a change of mind about who Christ is and what he did for you, which over time leads to a change of actions. It can immediately change, lead to a change of actions in some regards, right? Like the Lord can deliver you of different addictions when you're saved. Like that instantaneously, like he did for my for Brother Randy, for Evangelist Randy, the brother that I mentioned that I interviewed um, in episode four. But Randy still has challenges. Randy still stumbles at times. Randy is not sinless. So this idea that you have to agree to turn from all your sins right off the bat, that is not the gospel. Um, and that is not what repentance is. Repentance is to believe, you know, con confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. Right? It says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that's what it comes down to. And then over time, okay, you are going to turn from sin. You are going to become more holy in your walk, practically speaking. But that doesn't happen all at once, okay? And I'm just going to say that because people will hear, you've got to turn from all your sins. Who can do that immediately? You can't do that. Or you've got to turn from all your sins before you come to Christ. That's completely impossible. You're dead in your trespasses and sins apart from Christ. You can't turn from sin apart from it. But in Christ, over time, you will. It takes time. You know, none of the apostles were sinless. You can read the epistles of Paul, of, of Peter, of, of John, and you will not read that they were sinless. Okay? 
Not at all. And in fact, let me read. I don't want to go much longer, um, but I do want to read some scriptures here. Okay. In 1 John, the first chapter, the Apostle John writes this. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, obviously, we sin. Okay? But, over time, we become more holy. We become conformed to the image of Christ. And that's the good news. It doesn't happen all at once. And here's the thing. People will say, you know, I, again... I don't believe in sinless perfectionism. I don't believe we'll ever become sinless. But we can definitely become more holy. We definitely should be free of addictions. Uh, we definitely should not be sinning habitually. And that jo- the, uh, the Apostle John addresses that. He talks about those who sin are of the devil. They don't know him. That's all about people who sin habitually that have no conviction about stopping. There's no compunction. There's no godly um, repentance or remorse or conviction to stop sinning. That's who he's talking about, don't know the Lord, um, that are of the devil. Not people who are struggling, who are fighting, who are contending with the enemy. I mean, the flesh and the spirit war against each other constantly. So this idea that you're going to be sinless right off the bat, scrap that, it's not biblical. And I'm telling you that right now. So I want to say that now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope that you, you know, again, just trust in Jesus, man. Rest in Christ. It's not about men. Yes, we have our practical responsibility. We have our responsibility to be obedient to the Lord, to do the things that he commands, to obey the commands of Christ. And again, I'm going to put links um, in the previous two podcasts. I still haven't done this. I have to do this. I said I was going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Um, we, I'm going to put links to different articles about the commandments of Christ. Because you hear a lot of, uh, from a lot of people who say you've got to keep the commands of God. You've got to keep God's commandments. You've got to keep Christ's commandments. But they don't specify what those are, or they'll say they're the Ten Commandments. Well, it's more than just the Ten Commandments. When we look at the New Testament and we look at what Jesus commanded, there's a lot more than just Ten Commandments. Now, all of these commandments that Jesus is commanding is, is essentially the Ten Commandments, but in specific ways. And what did Jesus say? What, what, how, how is the Ten Commandments, or how are the Ten Commandments summed up? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is like unto the first commandment. Okay? And Jesus commands us to do things that will have us loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as, as ourselves. Everything Jesus commands points in that direction. Okay, which is how you fulfill the Ten Commandments or obey the Ten Commandments, but you do it in a very specific way. But it's ultimately coming down to the two great commandments, which you'll find in Deuteronomy chapter in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five, and that's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that's what's what's called the Ve'ahafta. And if you go to a Messianic Jewish congregation you're most likely going to recite that at the beginning of every service. And um, Leviticus 19.18 says, love your neighbor as yourself. So that's what Jesus is standing on, what we read in the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is the Word of God, right, in the Torah. So 
But again, I'm going to put links in all of these podcast episodes to what the commands of Christ are. And if you're a follower of Christ, you're going to want to do those things. You're going to fall short, but you're going to want to obey Christ. You're going to want to bring glory to his name. It's going to be, it's going to be a fire shut up in your bones. You're going to want to glorify Jesus Christ. Okay? Um, and, no, I'm not pushing sin in any way, shape, or form. I'm just telling you that you are going to sin. You know, but a righteous man falls seven times, picks himself up, moves forward. It's the Lord who picks him up. It's the Lord who, who keeps him going forward, who empowers him to move forward. Um, by his grace, for his glory. So, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, man, just keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your focus on him. Rejoice all the time. Don't get caught up in, oh, I got to do this, oh, I got to do that. It'll happen naturally or supernaturally. Just keep your eyes on Christ. You know, um, that's that's what it comes down to. And uh, you will fulfill uh, the will of God. You'll obey the Lord. You'll keep his commandments, um, you know, as, as you spend time in his presence and love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. It covers a multitude of sins. So keep that in mind. Um, but just rest in Jesus, who he is, what he did for you. He's the good and faithful witness, man. He's the good shepherd. He wants to empower you to keep his commandments. He loves you more than you can imagine. Just trust in him. Keep your eyes on him. I can't say that enough. People put too much emphasis on man. Yes, we have a responsibility to be obedient, but it's the Lord who empowers us to be obedient through his spirit. You know, talk to the Father. Talk to the Son. Talk to the Holy Spirit. You can pray to the Holy Spirit. You can talk to the Spirit. You know, he's God. He's the third person of the triune Godhead. You know, he's not an impersonal force. He's a person. So talk to him. And we can get into the story of Ananias and Sapphira who say, you know, people who say, oh, the Holy Spirit is not God. Clearly, if you read the story of Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts, I believe it's chapter 5, You'll read that they dropped dead. It was the Holy Spirit that killed them. Why? Because he lied. They lied. Excuse me. They lied on him. They lied to God. It says, it says that, that they lied to the Holy Spirit and they lied to God. That's what Peter said, that you lied to God. You lied to the Holy Spirit. You lied to God. So the Holy Spirit is God. There's no doubt about that. And you can see that in the Old Testament. Anyways, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in Jesus. I'm telling you, he will transform your life. Uh, you know, keep your eyes on him. If you're not a believer, I'm telling you, cry out to Jesus. Cry out to him. He'll transform your life in a way you can scarcely imagine. Trust in his death, burial, and resurrection. Ask God to reveal if what I'm saying is true about Jesus. If he is the son of God, ask. And I'm telling you, he will read the Lord. If you sincerely seek the Lord with all your heart, you shall find him. If you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. If you seek him with all your heart, if you seek him diligently, you'll find him, I'm telling you. And it's, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So just cry out to God and ask him about Jesus. Ask him if Jesus is the Son of God, if Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he will reveal to you that he is. Even ask Jesus to come to you in a dream or a vision. You never know what can happen. You know, Be persistent. And the Lord will respond. He will answer. He will, he will reveal himself to you in some way, shape, or form. The living Christ, the risen Christ, will reveal himself to you. Um, and if you're a believer, just keep your eyes on Christ. Don't let distractions get in your way. You know, read the word. Meditate on the word. You know, read Secret to an Open Door. I got the link in the previous two podcasts, episode seven and eight, and I'm going to have it in this one too, episode nine. So read the book. Listen to these podcasts and read this book. 
And I'm telling you, your, your, your view of evangelism will change. You'll have more fire, more passion for it because the burden is off your shoulders. The burden is off of you, and it's on the Lord. He does the saving. You're just the vessel that he uses to draw people into his kingdom, to share his good news with people. So look at it like that. It's a privilege. It shouldn't be a burden. It's a privilege. And this is for me too, right? Shouldn't trust. We're not to lean on our own understanding, right? Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. Acknowledge him in all our ways, and he shall make straight or direct our paths. That's what it comes down to. So that's my message for tonight. Thank you for tuning in, and I'm just going to say a prayer and then leave you with the ironic benediction, and that'll be uh, it for this show. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for another show, another podcast episode. Lord, I pray you got the glory, and the Father uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ got the glory, and the Holy Spirit got the glory from this. Lord, that people have been touched. The Holy Spirit, you'll touch everyone who tunes into this podcast, whether they be believers, whether they be unbelievers. Lord. Um, that if they're believers, they've been edified, convicted, blessed, exhorted to action, that they've been built up for the ministry, for the work of the ministry, whatever office they operate out of, Lord, you'll make that clear to them, and you'll empower them to be the best soul winners they can be, um, the best evangelists and apologists they can be um, through these podcasts and through reading the book, Secret to an Open Door, Lord, and that you do a mighty work in their lives, Lord, and they'll just draw closer to Jesus, They'll see him the way that Jesus really is. Um, they'll fall in love with him. They'll have a deeper walk with him. Pray that for myself as well, uh, that we'll just be totally in love with Jesus, um, in love with the living word of God, who is Jesus Christ. And, Lord, that anyone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, uh, that, that you, through your Holy Spirit, will draw them to Jesus unto salvation. Because unless you draw them to Jesus, they can't come to him. So I pray that will happen through these podcasts, through the other podcast episodes. And I just thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. Um, This is the day you've made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. I hope and pray that you get all the glory from everything I've said in this podcast, Lord, because it all comes from you in my own way that I communicate it. The wisdom comes from you, even though the way I uh, communicate it is imperfect. I praise you for what knowledge, what wisdom you have given me. I pray you get all the glory from this Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, and Holy Spirit. And um, I just uh, lift up this time to you. Again, bless everyone who tunes into this, Lord, in every way possible, in their relationships, in their finances, in their health, and most importantly, spiritually, in their walk with Jesus Christ, if they know him and if they don't, that you'll grant them salvation or eternal life, which is the greatest blessing any human being can ever receive, having our names recorded in heaven. That's what we should that's the greatest thing we could ever receive and that's the number one thing to rejoice over. So I thank you for this, Lord, and I give you all the praise, honor, and glory for this time and commit this time to you, Father, in Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his glory. Amen. So with that, and again, the secret I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna say this real quick. The secret to success in the Christian life, I would say is to rejoice no matter what. To rejoice no matter what. No matter what circumstances you're dealing with, rejoice. And you'll have great success. So may the Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you. May the Lord Jesus Christ make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord Jesus Christ lift up his countenance upon you and place his peace within you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his glory, shalom. And what I just said, the ironic benediction, can be found in Numbers chapter 6, verses 20 through 27. I just put a Christ-centered spin on it. 
So have a wonderful night. Shalom in the mighty name of Yeshua, the Messiah of Israel. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.